<laughs> happy new year <laughs> oh yeah happy new year happy 2021 wow. what is up people <laughs> what's up party people we are back hey there dudes <laughs> hey all you cool cats and kittens oh god no no, no we're leaving <laughs> tiger king stays in 2020 yeah where it belongs please <sighs> sorry well how is everyone how are we all doing? Swell. It feels like it's doing... been so long since I've talked to you guys. I know. And like, for the record, if you've listened to us long enough, you've probably figured out we talk a lot via text and things. <laughs> yes. But we, we, it literally feels like I have not seen either of you. Well, I mean, I haven't seen either of you physically in person for a bit. But like, talking to you like, like this, like mm-hmm. on FaceTime or yeah, yeah. whatever. It's so odd. Because we yeah. usually do it every week, but it's been, like, what, two weeks? Two weeks now. Yeah. yeah. Craziness. Wow. Crazy. Yeah. But we, I think we all needed a break. For which sure. Which is good. I mean, obviously, we miss talking about all the spooky stuff, but, you know, mm-hmm. just some, some time to relax and ring in the new year. Any exciting updates you want to share with the class, people? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I just am back at work this week for the first week since break and uh it's going Hmm. how about those riots huh oh yeah so um when you're listening to this today is the day that there is a literal riot happening at the capitol yes destruction of government property and all that jazz you know that's weapons that's a time (sighs) you know domestic terrorism (laughs) yep that too yeah white supremacy at its finest Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. hope everyone's doing all right. Yeah, yeah stay I hope safe. You're all safe. Yeah. And if you have an identity that is affected by any of this, like, we are here for you as, like, a support system if you would like that. Because mm-hmm. yes. I can't even imagine for, especially, like, BIPOC folks, like, this is mm-hmm. just a lot. So, yes. this will be a safe space for, yes. for all, all yes. groups of people. Yeah. Also, wait, but good news, Georgia. Go Georgia. Oh, hey, yeah. Georgia yep, Peaches, baby. Woo. Blue Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. She looks so. good in blue. Georgia looks great in blue. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it doesn't feel very different than 2020 right now, but I guess we're, we're doing we're just, it. We're moving forward. We're doing it. We're gonna try to not break anything this year the shit is continually (laughs) hitting the fan it's like a diarrhea stream of shit in the fan but we're making it sure not us you're welcome (laughs) (laughs) thanks for that disgusting description (laughs) (laughs) that's what i'm here for well shall we uh uh introduce ourselves oh yeah this is the nightmare girls welcome back hey hey how goes it this is the podcast. We are podcasters. <laughs> yes. Huzzah. Should we are sometimes radically political and the other times talking about spooky things. <laughs> and sometimes just, shit. This is, the, this is the year you caught us in, okay? Like, the, the time that we are making this is just a wild year to be living in the country that we do. Seriously. So. Yep. For our, like, 1% Germany listener. Oh, maybe not Germany, oh but, God. like, <laughs> maybe, like, we definitely, another We have, European like, 10% country. in the UK somewhere, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
We're going to come there instead. Yeah, can so. yeah. can I move in? Yeah, Let can you uh, would you, you like to take a few refugees in? Please. <laughs> we will swim. <laughs> Oh, also, um, we just passed the six-month anniversary of podcasting oh, since our first oh, episode. Oh, did. Yes. I cannot believe so, it's been six months. Happy six months of podcast, what gals. What the hell? That did not feel like six months. No. Crazy. Also, right? this this is our official, like, 25th episode. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So we're almost, we're a quarter of the way to 100. Wow. Crazy. That's, <laughs> woo. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's a lot of episodes. That's a, that is a lot of episodes. Yeah. Wow. wow. Look at us go. Wow. <laughs> Look at us. Who would have thought? <laughs> Not me. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> well, uh, Meg, would you like to hit us up with a ghost story? Yes. Sure. I would love to. And fair warning to you all, lovely listeners. I hand wrote my notes, which I usually <laughs> don't do because I have atrocious handwriting, as Anna and Rose can attest to. <laughs> so if you hear, like, papers <laughs> ruffling, it's just me flipping the page. So forgive me also if I, like, stumble on words because I'm a literal moron and can't... I, I can, like, write things nice if I try, but if it's the way I, like, take notes, it's not cute but anyway you guys can't see them so it doesn't matter it really doesn't matter oh we'll be raffling them off for something no i'm just kidding like actual nightmare girl notes (laughs) wow original manuscripts (laughs) oh yeah it's so cool um yeah so i will be talking about the hotel monte vista in flagstaff arizona have y'all heard of this place no it sounds familiar but i don't know why yeah it's pretty pretty haunted um it kind (laughs) of reminded me of the Mizpah Hotel in Nevada, in Tonopah, Nevada. Everything about this place, literally, I was like, this sounds like Tonopah, but, like, without, like, the coal mining. Like, it's just that kind of, like, yeah. So we'll get into it. But basically, this hotel stands just off um, the historic Route 66 and is the centerpiece for historic downtown Flagstaff. I don't know much about Arizona, but I guess this specific town was very, like, popular in the early, like, 1900s as one of those like booming like mm-hmm. towns and it has, it has a lot of history in terms of like the 1920s so the popularity of tourism in the 1920s is what brought a lot of folks to Flagstaff because I guess people were like oh we can actually go like instead of like living in like working places we can also visit and be like stupid tourists and like do things in other locations so Flagstaff was like okay we can have tourists, but I think we need something nicer than just, like, our usual, like, musty hotel to have. So the Hotel Monte Vista was actually built with the intention of being this, like, first-class, like, accommodation, swanky hotel. And it was actually fundraised by the community, like, the building of it. Mm. Because the community as a whole was like, we should have this really nice hotel <laughs> for tourists. And so they all raised $200,000, oh, which... Dang. I mean, Whoa. back then was even worth more than, like, what it would be today. Yeah. And they broke ground on the building site in June of 1926. So that's when it was starting to be built. And it was designed to have 73 rooms. And it opened on New Year's Day, 1927. Which is another reason I thought it was fitting hey, yeah. to talk about. Because it well, opened in the new year. And this is our first episode in the new year. So I thought that was cool. And it was originally named the Community Hotel because the community helped to fund it and develop it. 
And then I guess they had like a naming the hotel contest and this 12 year old kid won it and he came up with, I don't know if it was a he, they, sorry. They came up with the name Monte Vista, which means mountain view. Oh, that's I'm, nice. I, I'm, I'm just assuming it overlooks mountains because I think Arizona has some mountains. Does Arizona have mountains? I've never been to Arizona. I don't know. I thought it had huh. more deserts. I, so that's why I'm confused. I've also <laughs> never been there. The Grand Canyon's Me there. Oh, that's so true. Yeah. Yep, that's yes. all I know. So maybe, maybe some mountains. mountains. Some maybe kind some mountains, of rock but... formation of sort. Probably. Yeah, but yeah, so a twelve year old named the name of this hotel. So That's cute. That's fun. Yeah. And it was the longest publicly held commercial property in Arizona until it was sold to a private investor in the early nineteen sixties. And it continues to be one of the oldest hotels in Flagstaff to this day. And at one point in its history, it actually housed a radio station, and it was led by the second ever woman in the world to be granted a radio broadcasting license, which I just thought was really what? cool. What? That's so, so her, Yeah, her name is Mary Costigan. Costigan. So, Mary, you're a badass bitch. That's awesome. Good for you. Also, like, that. I mean, to think that, like, that was the second ever woman to do that and, like, podcasts are kind of a product of like oh radio gosh, yeah. so i also mm-hmm. thought that was a wow. cool fact because like we our, would not be doing this our mother yeah our mother our mary mother, yes. <laughs> wait yeah, mother mary hold on oh my god triggered triggered <laughs> by <laughs> 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 religion uh, anyway <laughs> it also had a cocktail co- why did i say that like that? this is what i'm saying i, oh, I, I, I have a cocktail I'm, it's not even that shut up it's not even that late in the, the evening it is actually like fairly early for us to be recording an episode and i already can't speak it's fine so it had a cocktail lounge and i think it still has the cocktail lounge but it was a big deal back then because like i said this was open to the 1920s so prohibition was a thing so they were like Ooh. we're gonna open a cocktail lounge Ooh. but we're gonna say it's this newspaper publishing house <laughs> and like no one questioned it i don't know that's amazing but basically yeah it was awesome and basically it was this like major bootlegging operation and a speakeasy and then the <laughs> cops in the area were like no when they finally figured it out and then they right. shut it down in 1931 and then it literally reopened two years later when prohibition was over so like why bother even shutting it down right but, yeah narcs. so there was a speakeasy yeah narcs stupid. <laughs> i bet they were there getting drinks too jesus probably so yeah. yeah and so some of the famous guests that have stayed at the hotel monte vista are like bob hope john wayne Ooh. bing crosby Ooh. and michael j fox just huh. to name a few cool so they have ha- they have cool. a pretty um, stacked guest list, honestly. Yeah, no kidding. And yeah, so that's that's basically it for like the history stuff. There's a lot more like history of like flag stuff that isn't necessarily relevant to any of the ghosty things. But just wanted to give you a little overview. And again, this really reminded me of the Mizpah Hotel because it's kind of just like this like hotel that sprung up out of like this like new booming interest for that part of the country, mm-hmm. and then things happen. And I don't know why it's haunted truly like i mean there's been well you'll see there's been a lot of death in the hotel but like mm. i guess that explains it but other than it. that there's like no like there's no like reason why it's haunted well like i don't know there are like a lot of haunted hotels like they seem to attract hauntings i Probably just because yeah. there's so much like so many people coming through so much energy around yeah. it yeah that's what i mean yeah because a lot of even the death there's there was we'll get into more specifics but there's only like one instance that really seemed like foul play in terms of death 
that could have like triggered anything other than that it just seems like people were like lived and died there and like Mm -hmm. came and went and you know all that stuff but i think i think that is probably why hotels are so popular like in the horror genre in general Mm -hmm. anyway Mm -hmm. just because so much action so much you don't know what's happening behind a closed door right you know it's true so yeah so now i'm going to talk about the ghosties so people think that because it was the the uh, monte oh my gosh i almost called it the flagstaff hotel but that's not it the (laughs) hotel monte vista um was built during this like turbulent time for the country you know like 1920s like prohibition like lots of stuff going Mm. on that that might be part of the reason that there's some spirits lingering around but a lot of these um ghost stories are from like specific instances of different like people passing through so i'm gonna be talking about a couple different like rooms and things so we're gonna start with probably the weirdest one so we're gonna talk about room 220 and this is the room of the meat man (laughs) i'm sorry um no no it's okay come again (laughs) so there is this man who was unnamed in all the research that i did and also most of Actually, all of my research, I think, is from the Hotel Monte Vista website itself. So they told me this information. This man is unnamed, but he was a long-term boarder in the hotel in the 1980s in room 220. And apparently what made him unique was he used to to hang um, raw meat from the chandelier in his room. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I don't know why. Meat man, why? why also like that's not a great way to like storm like you're not in a freezer buddy you're in arizona yeah. first of all oh, gosh. like oh it's disgusting stunk. yeah so he just liked to do that for some odd reason and he again lived there for quite some time in the 80s and then at one point he was found dead in his room but he had been dead for three days before they found him <gasps> uh, oh my god so, just more you. meat in his room i just imagine that room is like foul like it just well, stinks probably mm. i mean i know it's been years but i would not want to stay in there just knowing yeah that, the stink yeah. the stink of all the things if i were that Yikes. ghost i would like purposely make it smell like rotting meat all the time Ew, that'd be funny that doesn't I mean, happen funny, but, but like, there's not, there are some other things i know I, that's I what i was expecting from the story <laughs> that it was going to be like you can smell the meat or wait so he was like a regular <laughs> guest but they didn't know his name he he like lived there for it was a right. long term border. I don't I don't know why they didn't name him. Maybe it was because of the meat thing and they didn't want to like <laughs> shame him. Everyone has I to mean, have a nickname. I, yeah, so he's the meat man. But like the meat man. <laughs> well, uh, when I read that, I was like, is this a serial killer? I was like, are we talking Sounds about like serial, serial killers? Killer. So, no, he just he just likes to hang meat from a chandelier. Gross. So. Okay. Tell yeah, me what he so, did do. Yeah. So what happens in this room? I guess a little bit after the guy died. They sent a repairman in there to, like, fix up the room so, like, other people could stay in there. And he was doing some repairs, and he needed to grab a new fixture, so he left the room. But before he left the room, he turned off the light and he locked the door, so that way people weren't just, like, going Mm -hmm. in. Mm -hmm. A few minutes later, when he returned, the TV was on, like, full blast, like, full volume, like, on Mm -hmm. by itself. And the bed sheets were all, like, torn up and, like, spread around the room. Oh, my God. And he was like, what the fuck? Meat Man's chaotic. Wow. Yeah, so, and, like, there's no reason to do that, honestly. Like, <laughs> what? So, maybe it's just, like, the idea of someone else, like, being in his room. Yeah, yeah. he's like, that's my room, leave it alone. Leave my yeah. meat on the chandeliers. <laughs> yeah, leave it. Don't touch my meat. <laughs> <laughs> Don't touch my meat, please. Leave it where it is. 
God. <laughs> you know, if you think about it, we're all just meat sacks. Yeah. Or, no, I won't say soup it. Wrong podcast. Couches. Sorry. <laughs> I was going to say we're all just soup, but. <laughs> You're welcome. I can't with the two of you and the whole soup thing. Um, <laughs> okay, we're all just eyes. big Capri Suns. Please soup. stop. Yeah. Please stop. We are we're not, all just soup we dumplings. <laughs> we're really just soup dumplings. Yeah. I'm really upset by this conversation, so we're moving on. Um, oh, so if you stay in the room today, like if you were to go and say, I want to stay in room 20, 220, the TV does turn on and off by itself and just like, you know, just like does Spooky. random things. And there's also been reports of, quote, cold male hands touching Ooh. guests in their sleep, end quote. Sorry. How do you know they're male, first of all? That's, I was just going to say that, Anna. Thank you. Well, I don't know. Are they they're hairy? I don't bigger know. and rougher. You know, like. Hey. You know, like. I worked on a farm for a summer and my hands were calloused and rough. Exactly. I'm a woman. <laughs> well, they're not now, are they? <laughs> no. No, she has soft little baby hands. Shut up. <laughs> so. Yeah, but I don't mean you get you get anyway, touched. You're right. It could TV be you don't need to get touched. Moving on to the next room. <laughs> How dare they assume so, the gender of this ghost? <laughs> yeah. So they will touch you, regardless of their gender. Anyway, so on to room three oh five. So this is apparently the most like active room in terms of paranormal stuff in the hotel. We don't know why. Wasn't this our room number in when we shared an apartment? Was it? Was it? In the LLC? Yeah. No, we were on the fifth floor. 305 sounds familiar. Oh, I lived in an apartment 305 one summer on campus. Huh. But. Oh, we lived in, yeah, 514. Oh, okay. I think I lived, maybe I lived in 305. No. I don't know. I'm making it up. Never mind. (laughs) Okay. I lived in 205. Well, anyway, this is the most active. (laughs) This is the most active room in the hotel. Forget it. What? (laughs) I don't even remember my own room number. That's all. That's fine. Please I move on. I think you lived in, you lived in like 205. Was it 205? Or 206. Oh, no, I don't remember. Because I lived, I lived, in the building I was in, you were in the same location, just a different building. Yeah, yeah, floor. okay. So, so it was, it was 205, not 206. Yeah. I was right the first Anyway. Time. Now that not that it matters. We've alienated our audience that doesn't go to something. <laughs> give a shit. Um, <laughs> anyway, so this room is very, very active. Don't know why. I guess there just used to be this lady that frequented the Hotel Monte Vista, and she just used to sit in this rocking chair in the room and just stare out the window. No one knows why. She also doesn't have a name. Couldn't tell you what she was doing. But folks that stay in the room have seen the figure of this, like, woman, like, sitting in the rocking chair in their room. Like, <laughs> they'll just, like, they'll, like, open the door and, like, she's there. Or, like, they'll go to the bathroom oh. and come out and, like, she's in the rocking chair. Awesome. And, like, that's alarming, in my opinion. Great. Yeah. And then also, another fun thing, um, folks that have stayed in the room have also heard loud knocking from within the closet. Um, oh. No thanks. Closeted yeah. ghosts. You, you know what that... Just help them, help them out of the closet. Let them come out of the closet <laughs> at their own pace, okay? Let's just be kind to everyone. All yeah, ghosts. Yeah, maybe they're not ready to come out yet. <laughs> All beings are valid, whether you're out of the closet or not, okay? Um, but this also made me think of... Which movie is it? I think it's the, the first Conjuring movie when they're doing hide and seek and 
there's like the hands clapping oh, and yeah. the like disembodied yeah, yeah. hands are like in the closet. Yeah. But gross. Yeah. So those are some of the experiences in that room. But I guess it's like if you're looking for haunted stuff, you should stay in room three oh five at the Hotel Monte Vista because you're most likely to see something in there because it's mm. just the most active. And again, don't know why. This mo- woman must have just been very attached to the hotel and people don't know why she what she was looking at what she was doing but she spent a lot of time in there just sitting in a chair which honestly huh. sounds like my kind of afterlife it sounds nice um, yeah you know you don't have to move or anything yeah. do whatever just a vibe yeah yeah just vibe no thoughts just vibing um <laughs> onto room 306 which is literally next door oh, yeah. so in the early 1940s two prostitutes were brought back to room 306 and guess what happened to them murder Yes, they were both murdered and then yes. thrown from the window <gasps> out onto the street. Bruh. What? <laughs> yep. I feel way less cool now. <laughs> so. I was like, oh, I'm so cool. I guessed it right. And then they got brutally murdered and now I feel bad. Yeah. So Oof. that sucks. Thanks. And yeah, I don't know what's with these prostitutes that just keep getting. Well, I mean, I do. Know, I've been watching Criminal Minds, <laughs> listeners, so yeah, I know mm-hmm. that like prostitutes are a very high risk population to be getting murdered for like crimes and things. Mm-hmm. That's what I've learned. Through but you're such an the expert, show. Meg. You should I be, you really should like honestly, FBI. FBI hire me for the BAU because <laughs> I know what I'm doing. Um, yeah, but anyway, also this guy brought two back to, <laughs> back to his room and is just like. Both dead. Both out the window. Goodbye. Yikes. Yeah. And so, basically, if you stay in this room, you'll wake up in the... Well, us, we don't have to worry about much because we're not men. So, if if you're just, like, the general guest and maybe not a man, you might just wake up in the middle of the night and feel like someone's watching you, but there's no one in the room. But you're just going to feel like you're being looked at or, like, something's looking at you and, like, watch... And you will wake up and, like, with this overwhelming feeling of, like, I'm being watched. There's a presence in the room. Gross. If you're a man... I guess male guests have said that they felt hands placed over their mouths and throat, and then they, like, wake up suddenly, and they're, like, unable to breathe because of the pressure on Ooh, their oh mouths. Oh, my God. Oh, hot damn. So, that, those are some angry, angry afterlife prostitutes. So. <laughs> Revenge well, of I, the prostitutes. Honestly, if I was thrown from a window, if I was defenestrated from the Hotel Monte yeah. Defeni- Nice I word. Would, I, <laughs> ten vocab. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I took college-level Latin. Um, I would also be upset. So yeah, sucks. I would. I would sucks. probably. I would probably do the same. I respect it. Yeah. 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 Also, I love this like trend of like dead. Oh, not dead prostitutes. That's not. I shouldn't phrase it like that. Like ghost <laughs> prostitutes in hotels, like going after male guests specifically. Yeah. After yeah. they've been severely wronged by a male guest, by a man. Exactly. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, this is my favorite. So there's a phantom bellboy in the hotel. What? Sorry, what, and, what's a bellboy? Okay, so a bellboy or like it's like a bellhop. So, you know, you know, like Esteban in the story. Oh of yes, Cody. yes, Esteban. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. And for those of you that have not watched, um, <laughs> not watched the Sweet Life of Zach and Cody, basically it's someone that like helps you when you're checking into a hotel. Like they might bring your bags to your room, or like they might deliver like mm-hmm. room service, things like that. Okay. So basically, you could be in like any room of the hotel. And you'll just be sitting there, and you hear a knock on your door, and you hear someone go, room service. You open the door, and no one's there. <laughs> oh, my, oh my God. gosh. And it, it, it happens a lot. And, like, it, the voice is clearly very clear, because mm-hmm. people keep falling for it, and, like, mm-hmm. no one is on the other side of the door, which is nuts. 
And I guess people have seen this figure or like experienced this the most in room 210. And sometimes people have seen a figure of a bellboy wearing a red coat with brass buttons, like standing outside that room. So that's fun. And I guess he also just likes to like do like antics and like pull pranks and stuff. And the housekeepers have to deal with it. I don't know like specifics. That's all it really said, but he sounds just like Esteban. (laughs) He does. He sounds very playful. And like, honestly, like, that's kind of a funny joke. Like, I mean, you're not, like, hurting anyone. You're just, yeah. like, not going to go room service and going about your going about your day. <laughs> so True. this one's disturbing. There are a ton of reports of people just hearing a baby crying in the basement. Aww. Oh, no. And it sounds so real that it's, like, disturbing to people. And people often, like, run if they hear it. And, like, oh my God. there's no reports of, like, a baby, like, dying down there or anything. It's just odd. But, like, yeah. What's if you're like... near the basement, you just hear sobbing. Like, baby crying. Mm-hmm. What's in yeah. the basement? So, I the impression I got was it's a lot of, like, housekeeping, like, laundry type things. So, mm-hmm. employees are more likely to hear the baby crying than, like, the average guest. Right. But it's, it's apparently a very disturbing experience when you hear it. Yeah. Is the impression I got. Which also, like, I understand, because if you're just hearing, like, a baby cry in the basement of a hotel. Yeah. That's not good. (laughs) Yeah. And then in the cocktail lounge, there is this ghostly couple that likes to just dance. They wear fancy dress, they smile, and they dance for all eternity. And I think that's great. Honestly, get us... Get us a love like that. Cute. I mean, yeah, Rose and Jen in the afterlife, just dancing, just vibing, yeah. good times. Tag yourself. <laughs> yeah. So, the, yeah. I just thought that was a nice one to follow up the baby crying, because at least that's yeah. kind of sweet, I guess. I mean, I guess it's disturbing if you just see, like, a ghost couple, but, but you like, know. It's, it's among the cooler ghosts you could run into. Yeah. I agree. That I reminds agree. me of, was it last, or not last week, but our last uh, real episode, wasn't there people dancing that would like disappear? What did I talk about <laughs> the last time? It's been—it's literally been so long that I don't remember what I talked about the last time. That rings a bell, though. I think I've talked about people dancing in the afterlife before. Yeah, because we talked there about was the something haunted on, like, house at Disney. Oh yeah, yeah we were talking about the haunted mansion. Oh yeah. I mean, also, I think there was a dancing ghost couple or something in the Queen Mary, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, okay. Lots of dancing. Maybe not. People. Lots of lots of ghostly. Da- I think if it's a hotel and there's like a lounge or a ballroom, there's some kind of ghostly dancing couple. Yeah. There was like the parade so. in the Tower of London episode. That's, that's that oh, was it. Yeah. That's it. There was like yeah, yeah okay. there was like that ball. Yep. <laughs> yeah, Thank you, Rose, for having a bigger brain than both. Yeah, of oh. having a memory. <laughs> What's that? I was literally like, I don't know what I talk about on this podcast. <laughs> when I say it, I immediately forget. Um, I mean, me too, it's so. sad, but sometimes it's true. Like, I if you said like a random episode number, I don't. Oh I no! Tell you yeah, no, no, not by number. <laughs> no. And also in the lounge. Speaking of the lounge, so guests have seen drinks and bar stools just like move on their own. And this mm. is because in the 1970s there was this bank robbery at a local bank that was nearby the hotel. And they were successful, but the cops did show up and, like, shot at them, and one of the, the men got shot. But they managed to escape, and to celebrate the fact that they had successfully robbed this bank, instead of bringing their buddy to the hospital where he can get, like, fixed up and stuff, and he didn't want to go to the hospital, they were all like, let's go to the cocktail lounge and get a celebratory drink. So he literally bled to death in the cocktail lounge, oh my drinking God. his last drink. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> and honestly, that's not dedication to <laughs> drinking to some out. alcohol. <laughs> honestly. 
This reminds <laughs> me of the John Mulaney skit, you know, where he's like, you used to be able to just rob banks and no one could stop you. <laughs> you like literally be like, tell him it was Dirty Johnny and the boys and no one would do anything. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm like, I'm like, how was this not, if the cops were there and they shot at you, right. how were you not caught? Also, yeah, the people you serving you cocktails, they're that's like, what, the, your friend's bleeding out. Yeah. Uh, this is normal. The 70s were a weird time, apparently. So, <laughs> sure. That happened. And I guess also the spirit of this guy like lingers in the bar because bartenders that have opened the cocktail lounge for the day will just be greeted by this like disembodied voice going, Good morning. <gasps> oh my god. So, well, at least he's a yeah. polite bank robber. Yeah. Yes. He is. He is. I didn't but, mean to just Debbie yeah. Ryan when I said that. I was he's polite. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine, Anna. It's okay, we know. Robber. We know you've been dying to do it. <laughs> Get yourself a polite bank robber, Anna. <laughs> It's all I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, when he robs banks and then also goes to get a drink when he's shot. That's hot. <laughs> so hot. Wow, the dedication, truly. Find us a man that is ad- as dedicated as that one and yeah. Yep. I will be I will be happy. Mm-hmm. Um But yeah, that's the Hotel Monte Vista. Nothing I mean this, this one I think was more lighthearted. Yeah. I feel like there was a lot more laughs and like this is super fucked up and disturbing and you're not gonna be able to sleep tonight. Like this is like I mean you're probably going to get spooked if you go stay here because yeah. there's a lot of apparitions and like lots of different things going on, but yeah. you know, it's cool. it's not like the the most terrifying place to go. But yeah. Yeah. Flagstaff, Arizona. Hotel Monte Vista. Cool. Wow. 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 Should we visit there also? Yeah, yeah I was going to say I mean, I think I don't I don't know where the states of the United States are. But I think it's <laughs> not near right Nevada, now, so we can <laughs> we can go to Arizona and Nevada like yeah. around the same time and stay. Both yeah, sort of. The Mizpah like between New Mexico and, and California, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, actually, we'd have Wait. to be in um, Tonopah for two nights because we would also have to stay at the Clown Motel, which yeah, I always yeah. forget about. So <laughs> we have to go. Rose's dream. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> but yeah, West Coast has some weird shit. No kidding. Ooh, we could while we're over there, we could go see the um, the Winchester Mystery House. Yes. Oh yes, and Ugh. I think the Queen Mary is also in California. So like we can just yeah. do there's a lot we can. Yeah. We yes. can do. I'll reunite oh, my haunted ass another, with my ghosts. <laughs> is there another house or something? Did I talk about something else in California? There's a lot in California. There's a lot. Yeah. There's something in. Is it like San Diego? There's like a house or something. There was definitely like. What's the house that is like a theater and also like the the like oh oh my god the like general store and like yeah I know I know it's not the Lizzie Borden house that's here no no wait so there's the Winchester house and then there's another one that I think also begins with a W and it's that I think it's that place but I don't you know the one I'm talking about though yeah I do and it's gonna it's literally going to irritate me that I don't I talked about it wait (laughs) I literally talked about it I don't know what it is I know we I I. I would recognize it if I saw it. Uh, <laughs> hold on. The listeners Wait, are I probably screaming at Have I talked have. about the Winchester Mystery House? No. Yeah. I did talk about yeah. yeah. But there was another one. That I think it was like the courthouse and, I and the general them. store. What is it called? It's named after a family, like the family that lived there. Yeah. yeah it was like a while ago, wasn't it? What 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 I know if you like if you Google like haunted places in California, I think it would pop up. I think but Rose I don't... is looking. I'm, Rose is I'm, looking. It's literally gonna drive me crazy. I don't care. I'm Rose sorry t- if we have to um, cut all of this out of the episode. <laughs> okay, what wait. Haunted it, houses. That's literally actually going to bother me. 
It's. Uh, I swear because of the W. This is someone, a kid got like killed by a clothesline or something. Yeah, it got like decapitated. Yeah. What? Wait, did I talk about this? Yeah, I don't no, no, no. And then, hold on. Someone was buried in the backyard, maybe. <laughs> I don't remember talking about this. No, what it was like, about? his name was like Co- Cotton Joe or something. Oh, 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 oh. Is that- oh, oh. He wasn't a, he was like a grown man. Yeah. He was like an older man. I thought you, I thought you just said little boy. No, I no, like, no, no. What? No. I was like. I'm literally going to lose my mind. Rose, you talked about the this. The Whaley and- House? The Whaley House. Whaley the House. Whaley House. Oh, my it literally, it is in San Diego, by the way. I got that right. Okay. It's literally the first one that comes up on this article. And like, Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. Ugh. I'm that so glad we figured that out. crazy. That was absolutely... I, oh, for some reason, I know they're very different, but I always confuse the Whaley House and the Winchester Mystery House because the names are so the similar. Yeah. I confuse the Whaley House and the Lizzie Borden House for some reason. I need to talk I, about Lizzie Borden. I have, yes. Let me tell you, I have tried to do research on it like three times, but it's so hard to find like, the ghost stuff oh, because really? they want to advertise the bread and breakfast bre- bed and breakfast part, and I'm like, bitch, Ugh. I want the ghosts. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, after that interlude, <laughs> yeah. Shall we uh, take a deep dive? We're into stupid. Some cryptids? It's fine. Yes, that's please. not that's not news <laughs> to any of you that have been here for yeah. the past twenty four episodes. So, welcome. <laughs> welcome. Yep. Yeah. So, um, I have a bit of a festive episode for you guys this week, since we were originally going to record this, like, before Christmas, but technically it's still the Christmas season, especially as it relates to this specific cryptid. Um, I didn't, um, I, um, I, I, it's not the one I told you guys, so. (laughs) Okay. So I've been mouthing Krampus excited, for the last but... 10 seconds. Yeah, I thought it was going to be Krampus. No, I um, <laughs> fell down a rabbit hole and got distracted by a different Christmas cryptid. There's a different... What? Is it like I it was an elf? Krampus. Santa Claus? Santa Claus is a cryptid. I hold that. I mean, yeah, I could have done Santa Claus. I hold that. But I didn't. Okay. What are you talking about? <laughs> have you guys ever heard of the Yule Lads? What? The Yule what? The Yule, the Yule lads. It's us. Lad? It's us. Lads. L-A-D-S. Lads. Lads. Hello, lads. <laughs> Hello, love. <Yule>. Hello. <laughs> They're actually an Icelandic tradition. Ah. Um, basically, like... They're Icelandic Santa Clauses. Thirteen of them, to be exact. Thirteen... Oh. Icelandic Santa Clauses. Okay. Wait, so there's all. So like, this isn't like the kind of cryptid you could like run into. Like, there's only thirteen. Like, there's specifically this number of yeah. Yule lads. It's like, like the dwarves. Do they all it's have different personalities? Santa like the dwarves. They're trolls, actually. <gasps> Are they? Oh. Ooh. <laughs> they're tools. I'm intrigued. So they're they're, they're these. They're it's it's kind of like what? It's it's an Icelandic tradition. So it's similar to like our Santa Claus or those kinds of things. Um. But it's, like, very weird and a little whimsical, and I just, I needed, I needed a bit of whimsy, so I went with, I went with this one. Okay. <laughs> um, so they are these 13 troll brothers who each take turns visiting kids on the 13 nights leading up to Christmas. And they also, so they, like, you know, like, one leaves to visit each night, um and stays for 13 days 
so they like all come in 13 days and then they like leave in the same order yes meg okay what the fuck they stay in this kid's house for 13 days they like stay in the town they're just like visiting having a fun time <sighs> is this like elf on the shelf but like no ew. scary oh, okay. but like elf better let me you know what? me too why would you do that to your kids right i hate elf on the shelf it's, we actually it sucks if Anna you do elf I did on the shelf we're judging you about basically uh. why elf on the shelf sucks so. yeah. <laughs> on um two philosophy minors shameless we plug did. i'm sorry yeah. <laughs> Oh, I didn't get to listen to that yet, so I'm excited to... <laughs> yeah, actually, you'll enjoy it. So, <laughs> um, so the Yule lads, the concept is simple enough. Um, each night, the child places a shoe on their windowsill. If the oh. child has been good, they get candy or little gifts um, from their vi- the visiting the Yule lad who is visiting that night. But if they've been bad, they either get nothing or rotting potatoes. I've done this. Uh, uh- yeah. You just, you just, I did this, I think it was in, um, well, I went to, I went to Catholic grammar school for uh-huh. most of my life, and I think, we, we I used to do it second for St. Nicholas Day, is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, we, we did the shoe, and you yeah, did the you shoe, shoe. Yeah, the, the, the like, shoe on the window, or, like, outside the door thing is, like, not, not exclusive to Icelandic tradition. Okay. Um, but so that, at least that tradition's, like, that, familiar like, enough that we know we've heard of it okay yeah exactly that makes, now that i have that context that makes more sense right so they the idea is they live they leave little gifts um or if the children has been naughty they get rotting potatoes or nothing at all <laughs> um Ew, that's so sad rotting potatoes yeah yeah <laughs> actually fun fact this isn't like it's not considered the origin of the like coal for bad children tradition mm-hmm. um it's similar, but that is actually from an Italian Christmas tradition. It's uh, another ooh, wow. another cryptid like thing. Interesting. Thank um, you, Rose. It is also apparently common to leave out food for the Yule lads, especially like their favorite foods, but sometimes milk and cookies. But do they each wow. does each of like the thirteen have a different favorite food? <laughs> does it make see. it like hard? Like one well, of them's like a they, vegan they and the each other have one is like personalities one's and to weird peanuts. quirks. <laughs> One's like, I only eat things if it's non-soy, non-GMO. <laughs> Is there gloom in this? <laughs> yeah. You get, like, a note. Fuck you, no, bitch. No, they're, they're, they're much less gluten. picky than that. You'll see. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I just, I just, the idea of, like, these, like, 13 little cryptid monsters having, like, a different menu of, like, these are the foods you can leave me all, on this night. <laughs> all with very specialized diets. <laughs> yeah. I can no, I'm doing the keto Wait, diet right now, one? so I can't eat that, but... <laughs> Well, so apparently, like, they used to look a lot creepier and, like, act a lot weirder. Um, Now they're more, like, human-looking. But in the 18th century, parents were banned from, you know, telling these, like, tormenting their kids with these monster stories. (laughs) So they, like, the stories... I want to see a picture. I want to see what they look like. So the stories... I will... Okay, I'll... Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Well, um, because the, um... They, like, used to be really creepy, um, but, and they used to be apparently, like, monsters that didn't have torsos and, like, roamed around in Decembers. I don't really know what to do with that information. Ew. Because the thing is, this was what I was trying to look up right before we started recording. I couldn't find, like, a, any information about, like, what they used to look like or what they used to act like because, like, they just generally, like, it's not part of their, like, culture anymore. The way that the story has, like, evolved is is like this is what it is now and i can't imagine that they're a lot different they're probably just like you know they probably just used to be like mean and also torment children you know <laughs> but like um 
so I don't have as much of that, which was a bit of a, bu a bummer, but might be for the best, <laughs> um, because we have a lot of fun information about the current traditions and such. Um, yeah, so probably because it, you know, gave kids horrible anxiety, they, like, kind of chilled it out and made, the, <laughs> made it a little bit... <laughs> Literally, like um, if, you, if you haven't listened to our bonus episode for Christmas yet, which you should if you have, I think I talked about my sister was like deathly afraid of like any sort of like mythical creature coming into our house, like mm -hmm. Santa, right. the Easter, like that my sister would be like, fuck these elves, like get them. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're trolls, excuse you. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. Oh my god, wait, are they trolls in the, the same vein as like the trolls like movie? No. I like those trolls. No. So okay. they actually come from a 17th century poem um and like have kind of changed over the years into what they are known commonly as today um so they actually um they also um they're in the like family there's also the mother and the father and they have a cat as well um so it's really like a whole whole family and uh let me tell you a little bit about them <laughs> you look scared so that's weird it's a cryptid family. Yeah, yeah, a cryptid family. So I guess really there's like 15 trolls and one troll cat. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, so, <clears throat> excuse me as I butcher all these names because cool. it's like not, it's not similar to English and <laughs> I will try my best, but I apologize. <laughs> Grilla is the mother of the Yule Lads. Um, she's like your typical witch troll lady. Sorry, just the, the phrase mother of the Yule Lads is killing <laughs> me for some reason. <laughs> well, she's, she's not funny because she, she has the ability to detect when, when children are not behaving. Like, so I guess similar to Santa Claus, like he knows when you're, he knows if you've been bad or good. Mm -hmm. um, and when she visits, she boils naughty children alive and makes stew out of them. Oh my gosh! Wait, ah, that escalated! What, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that's a little hint of, uh, the less pleasant side of this story. Yeah. Um, yeah. Their father is, um, Lepaludi. He's the lazy husband, um, and he does Aren't nothing because he's lazy. He's, he just, but he does, he, he, he eats whatever Grilla makes, so. Because she cooks. Oh, right. God. <laughs> like, probably me. eats the child stew, so, like, questionable. <laughs> I'm steaming. Ugh. Their cat is fun, named uh, e either <laughs> the Christmas cat or the Yule cat, depending on the source. Um, it's kind of a large black cat, and it is... Uh, supposed to prowl the country on Christmas Eve and it will eat anyone who is not wearing at least one new piece of clothing. What the fuck? Oh gosh, I'd be so eaten. Would you would you like to hear <laughs> yeah, the explanation same. for this? Yeah. This is like the only part that I could actually find like a, a historical explanation that made sense. <laughs> um, um, because, so apparently like it used to be kind of a major chore to spin wool into cloth to make clothing. So if you didn't have new clothing at Christmas, it was because you didn't finish your chores. So now, because, like, that's less of a thing, he 
just eats uh, naughty children, like Grilla. Uh, I was okay. going to say, I would so still, in either situation, I don't, I'm the laziest. When it comes to, like, <laughs> doing, like, a chore, like, yeah. I literally have to text Roseanne and be like, I am cleaning my apartment today, like, hold me to <laughs> this, does. please, for the love of God. <laughs> yeah, so, so. I'd be dead. <laughs> yeah. Cute. I love that for you, Meg. Thank you. I love that for you, <laughs> Um. So now, are you ready to hear about these lads and their Yule? Oh. Oh, boy. Sure thing, <laughs> Oh, my God. This is like The Bachelor. I can't wait to pick my husband. <laughs> you yeah, me tell me which too. one is for you. And alternatively, mm-hmm. tell me which one you are. <laughs> okay. Ooh, oh, cool. Yourself. So this is like a nice. game of tag yourself. Nice. Yeah, yeah nice. exactly. Um, <laughs> so their names actually come from their personalities um, because they all have, like, unique preferences. Uh, like the dwarves. Different diets. So the names are, like, descriptive, and I had found the, like, original Icelandic names, but I couldn't pronounce any of them, and I felt really bad about it, and I literally tried. I looked up all the, like, all the pronunciation guides and everything, and I couldn't do it, so I just, we're just sticking with, sticking with the English, um, translation. That's fine. Because it's the same. (laughs) Cool. Um, so they, they all have, like, specific behaviors i guess specific preferences but generally they just they all kind of like hang around and play pranks and just like i don't know go to parties and whatever for like they have because they have their like 13 days they're like hanging around you know they're (laughs) they just kind of come and hang out this that's like the only time they spend in town because like the rest of the year they're like up in their caves so like they really just make the most of their 13 days (laughs) okay um so first we have Sheep coat Claude. He harasses sheep. Amazing. He likes, um. So he he likes to um drink like the milk from the sheep, like but he has a hard time doing that because he has two wooden legs. What? I have so many questions what? about this this is the first one. Like I have Well, he's a double amputee, first of all. Sorry, I <laughs> What is this episode? <laughs> so he has two wooden legs, and apparently they don't have knees, so he's just, like, walking around. <laughs> okay. And he likes to drink the sheep milk from the sheeps, which is weird and gross, but we don't want to talk about it. Like, but straight from? he harasses from? the sheep. Well, that yeah. was a bad <laughs> hand signal, but you know what I mean, like, milk and a sheep. Yeah. And he, but he, but, but sometimes he doesn't succeed because of his legs. Mm. Just another case of a regular person trying to live in an ableist society. <laughs> if you haven't figured this out already, everything here is a social commentary. <laughs> Every story we tell. <laughs> Sorry. So next we have Gully Gawk. Um, he sneaks into the farmhouse and hides in the stalls, and then when the milkmaid is distracted, he will steal the milk from the milk pail. Um, in some sources, he steals just the foam from the buckets of the cow milk, so no lattes for you. So, huh? none of them are <laughs> lactose intolerant. They all have this, like, weird thing with They all just want that milk, man. <laughs> they just want it. <laughs> well, we're only on two out of thirteen, just you wait. Jesus. Oh, okay. gosh. If it's so all about have... milk, I'm gonna scream. No, next is next is Stubby. He is unusually short. Me, oh, Anna. <laughs> <laughs> 
some people say that he um, actually leaves at the same time as the first um, as as the first brother sheep coat Claude because it takes him longer to walk there. (laughs) (laughs) Me trying to keep up with Meg walking across campus. (laughs) I do walk very fast and my legs are longer. (laughs) Yeah. So he will steal your frying pans and eat whatever scraps of burnt food or crust are left on the bottom of them. Oh, Ew. perfect. I set things on fire so often, so <laughs> I really, I need them. Yeah, right? I also hate doing Seems dishes, helpful. so oh my God. come on down, um, Stubby. <laughs> um, so next we have Spoon Liquor. <gasps> me. It's me. <laughs> These names just get fucking weirder and weirder. Um, Spoon Licker is tall and thin, so like a little string bean lad. Um, he is known for stealing wooden spoons when the cook is not looking so that he can lick them. Next is Pot Scraper or Pot Licker, depending on how you translate it. <laughs> when So apparently, when, so when kids get leftovers, uh, he will go and knock on their door so that the kids run off to see who it is, and then he sneaks inside and steals their leftovers and licks the dishes clean. Okay. <laughs> I would punch this fucker in the face. <laughs> Don't take anything from my plate. Oh my please. <laughs> so, uh, next we have bowl liquor, who is oh, different gosh. from pot liquor. They need to keep their tongues in their mouths. They need to stop. <laughs> this is getting ridiculous. Food, man. <laughs> um, so, <clears throat> apparently, like, um, in icelandic tradition they had um like the, not so much today but they they used to have like a specific wooden plate that was called uh nope not gonna try to pronounce it but anyway they had the specific wooden plate that was like kind of a general purpose all plate like a almost like a bowl um and after the after dinner they would leave it on the floor for they would like put down whatever scraps they had for their dogs and cats to eat mm-hmm. um so they would like eat up the leftovers bowl liquor would come in and hide under their beds so when the opportunity struck he would sneak out and steal the dish and eat the leftovers for himself Mm yikes okay (laughs) Uh um so veering away from the the food eating (laughs) because i think meg is getting sick of them (laughs) um but next is uh door slammer (gasps) he is the loudest of his brothers (laughs) He is known to stomp around and slam doors, especially when people are sleeping. <laughs> and he loves when the hinges of the doors squeak. I was so going like, to say something, but I can't reveal the identity of this person, but that was literally our ex-roommate. <laughs> oh my gosh. That just triggered wrong? a memory in me, no. yeah. Am I wrong? I, no, that just right. triggered my so right. fight yeah. or flight. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Never mind. That is not me. That is that individual that lived with us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um... Yeah, he's just, he's just, you know, making some noise. <laughs> Next we have uh, Skier Gobbler. So he eats up all the, it's, it's Skier, it's S-K-Y-R, um, which is, is, so it's a dairy product similar to Greek yogurt, but oh, with like God. a milder flavor. Okay. So he, he will like break in and eat and eat until he's so full that his stomach hurts and then he complains about it. So what I'm saying is that this is me. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's us. All three of us actually. <laughs> next is actually Meg, I think you're I think I think this next one could be you. I'm scared for what's oh, about God. to come. <laughs> <laughs> um next up we have a sausage swiper. 
smoking the meat and he steals sausages that were being smoked <laughs> swiper no swiping <laughs> have you ever known me to take sausages from people <laughs> no it just sounds like something you would find relatable make gets the sausage <laughs> thank you Anna <laughs> um Next one is um, my least favorite, the tenth brother. He is this named the Window Peeper. Out of all of the ones, oh sorry, I just cut you off. What did you say? Sorry, his name is Window Peeper. Oh, oh yeah. fuck that boy. He can go. Leave. Yeah. So he will creep outside your windows and peep inside, and uh, sometimes decide to steal the stuff that he sees. He's like, ah, I like that, and I'm gonna go steal it. Mm. No. And he is just generally considered the creepiest brother. Yeah. 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 God. Ew. Right. <laughs> um, number eleven is doorway sniffer. <laughs> <laughs> that was a bad moment to take a sip of water. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, doorway sniffer has a huge long nose, but he never gets a cold. <laughs> and he has an insatiable appetite for stolen baked goods so he uses his amazing sense of smell to sniff out baked goods um specifically there is uh it's lafa bread it's it's like Ooh. lace bread i guess is the like uh translation but it's a special kind of icelandic bread traditionally only in around christmas time which is basically it's a like a fried flatbread that has like patterns carved into it so they'll make like designs oh cool pictures and it's apparently best served with butter so i mean can't say i blame him doorway sniffer (laughs) number 12 uh, uh, the the penultimate brother is meat hook (laughs) Meat man, meat man, and we have meat hook. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. So he has a special hook, which he uses to snatch up any meat that's been left out, like especially smoked smoked lamb. Sometimes, however, he does not succeed because his hook is too short to get the meats. And and last but not least is candle stealer. Um, <laughs> he is known to, uh, like, follow children who are outside, like, with candles and, and steal their candles. And since the candles used to be made from fat, they were edible, so he would also eat them. Ew. Oh, never mind. I was going to say, I like, I relate to this one because I love candles, but not for because that you could be candle I like stealer. to smell them. I don't like to eat hot <laughs> wax. Um, they also, uh, because he's the last, like, he's the last, um troll brother he's the last yule lad to make an appearance he traditionally like that is traditionally a uh slightly bigger present so like not just like a little knickknack in your shoe like it'll traditionally be something more i don't know more substantial and those are the 13 yule lads and um one last one last note before i before i leave you 
<laughs> before I let you stop thinking about the Yule Lads, which I certainly will never do. Um, some theories. Um, I read somewhere that, like, the, it, it's possible that these legends um, started around, like, homeless, poor, or hungry people, like, breaking into people's houses, trying to survive during the colder months. Um, and, like, I mean, that makes sense not sure how you i mean i guess if it goes on you know if this happens long enough you get like a whole tradition out of it but you know i don't know do with that what you will um more generally they serve as an example of like the spirits of nature that would like take over during the winter months since everyone's going inside you know outside is big and scary and cold um it kind of kind of reflects the idea that there's like something wild outside something unknown um and strikes me as the kind of thing where like people personified or i guess monsterified the like real problem that they were facing which i think is kind of interesting whatever they are they're silly and i thought we could uh use a bit of a laugh to kick off this year (laughs) yeah thank you wow i enjoyed that That, thoroughly that just made my life 10 times better right (laughs) i'm never gonna stop thinking about the yule lads can we start celebrating the yule lads actually i was gonna say this is especially fitting because uh, the last brother has just left today. Today is the, the last day oh, of the okay. okay. lads. Wow. <laughs> we really timed this episode. Wait, perfect. today or like when the episode comes out? The, as we're recording this. Oh, okay. So, so you're welcome. <laughs> wow. I have many thoughts, especially about their names, but... Yeah, anyway. it's it's literally just like, this is what they did, so we named it that. But it makes it really funny when you have, in a row, uh, spoon liquor, pot liquor, and bowl liquor. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're just trying to live their best lives. They're, having, they're going to parties, you know, they're doing whatever. Anna, do you have a conspiracy for us? Yes, I do. Yeehaw. I can't say it's quite as interesting as the Yule Lads, but I'll, I'll do my best. Well, what is? <laughs> So, my sources were... Hold on, I need to tell you what I'm talking about, because it's in the source. <laughs> I'm going to talk about <laughs> the Georgia Guidestone Conspiracy. Ooh. Have you heard of the Georgia Guidestone? No. Mm. Okay. Well, this is also a fitting day to talk about George yeah, something Georgia. Right. <laughs> yeah, hey, the big, big election. Uh, my sources were the Conspiracy Theories Podcast, Wikipedia, CNN... The Georgia Encyclopedia and Guidestones.org. So, hmm. I'm sure some of you have heard of the Georgia Guidestones, because I guess they're, like, kind of popular, but not you maybe, guys. Maybe I have, and I just didn't know that that's what it was I mean, called. I hadn't, so, like, I can't say anything. Oh, okay. But, anyway, <laughs> okay. in June of 1979, a mysterious man approached one George Fenley, who worked at Alberton Granite Finishing Company. And this man had a very, very strange request for this granite worker. So the mysterious man called himself R.C. Christian, and he told Fenley outright that that was a pseudonym, though. That wasn't his real name. He said, I'm not going to tell you my real name. You'll just know me as R.C. Christian. And then he said, I don't represent myself, but I represent, quote, a small group of loyal Americans who wanted to employ this granite worker, Fenley, to build something for him. And after Christian explained the sort of structure he wanted to build, Fenley was like, uh, you know that's going to be, like, hella expensive. Like, that's crazy that you want to build That's this. a direct quote. Hella expensive. I'm sure he said yeah. hella in, yeah. in 1979. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, but basically he was like, this is going to be in the six digits. 
this is not going to be cheap. Jeez. And then RC was like, oh, yeah, no, that's that's cool. Bet. <laughs> I'm sure he said bet, I too. Bet. Um. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be hella expensive. All right, bet. 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 <laughs> that's exactly how it went. Uh, <laughs> and so RC Christian was like, okay, Fenley, where's the nearest bank? And Fenley was like, uh, that way. He's like, cool, see you around. And he left, and he went to the bank, and <laughs> Fenley basically was like, this guy's a nut. That's a direct quote, actually. He's like, this guy's a nut. And he was like, I thought there was no way he was ever going to come back. Like, why would he want to build this random thing for six-digit numbers? Like, it doesn't make any sense. But R.C. Christian did go to the bank, and he talked to a banker named Wyatt Martin, and he asked them to ask a, to act as like sort of an agent for him and to help with like money transactions. And Martin was like, "Okay, I'll agree, but under one condition, I need to know your real identity." And mm. RC Christian agreed. But he was like, "I will tell you who I really am if you agree to never ever ever tell anyone my true identity." And so this banker agreed and then he became his agent, and to this day he's the only person probably in the world who actually knows who rc christian actually was the guy who huh built what would become the georgia guidestones so weird anyway uh construction went underway pretty shortly after that uh for these what we now know as the guidestones and it was finished only a year later in 1980 and i'll kind of describe sort of the structure that R.C. Christian meticulously designed and what now stands in what's it called? Elberton, Georgia. <laughs> so the, it, it's actually kind of similar to Stonehenge. It's over 19 oh. feet tall. It has one slap of slap? Slab. <laughs> one slap. <laughs> one slap. One slap. Slap. <laughs> one slap. slab of granite in the middle with four other slabs arranged around it. And a capstone lying across the top of the five slabs. There's also a stone tablet a short distance away from the monument, monument that gives, like, some details about the history and purpose and, like, who built it and stuff. And in the end, the monument costs around $300,000, which in today's money is over a million dollars. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So what's... Dedication. <laughs> it's like, it's... Oh, wait, I have a picture. I'll send you a picture. <gasps> Yay, yeah. picture! Because it's hard to picture. <laughs> oh, uh, also, I forgot about pictures for the Yule Lads. There were too many, so if you're curi- curious, just look them up. They're everywhere. Cool. <laughs> 13 in <laughs> Thank you, because that was the closure I needed from the Yule Lads. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of what it looks like. It looks kind of like a, a little Stonehenge thing, or like, to me, it looks like the Ten Commandments. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh! It looks like something you would see if you went to, like, Washington, D.C. and you walked the right. National Mall yeah, and you're yeah, looking yeah, for, like, yeah. a monument. That's what it looks like. It looks yeah. like a pretty average-looking monument. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It's just weird because it's in the <laughs> middle of nowhere, really. Right. Um, Interesting. Yeah. And what's the real kicker and the weirdest part about this is what is written on this guidestone. So... Hmm. On the capstone is the inscription, and this is all, like, R.C. Christian had very specific, he, like, needed it to be placed in a certain place in a certain way and have this, like, these exact words on it, so. Oh. 
Hmm. On the capstone is the inscription, quote, let these be guidestones to an age of reason, end quote. And Mm. since the capstone has four sides, this was written in four different languages on each side. So it was in Babylonian cuneiform on one side, Egyptian hieroglyphics, Sanskrit, and classical Greek. Interesting. This is like the Rosetta Stone. (laughs) Yeah, it's weird. (laughs) And then since there's four giant slabs and each of them have two sides, so there were eight sides, uh, there were the same ten quote-unquote like rules or guidelines written on each one, but on each side that was in a different language. So, hmm. on each, there was Arabic, Chinese, English, Hebrew, Hindi, Russian, Spanish, and Swahili, but it was all saying the same exact thing. Oh. Uh, so, in on each side it said these ten rules, and basically what everyone sort of agrees on is these ten rules basically outline how humanity should proceed in case of an apocalyptic event that wipes out oh. most of humanity. <gasps> what? Wait, 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 wait. This is just, like, standing somewhere in Georgia yeah. and we're not talking about it? Okay, yeah, and no what? one knows who actually, like, who really designed it and wrote this out. Oh, what no. the fuck? Right? <laughs> it's so weird. What? Okay. You want to hear the ten rules? Yeah. Yeah. Please. Okay. Rule number one. Maintain humanity under 500 million in perpetual balance with nature. Number two. Guide reproduction reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity. Mm. Right? <laughs> Eugenics. Yep. <laughs> Three. <laughs> Unite humanity with a living new language. Hmm. Four, rule passion, faith, tradition, and all things with tempered reason. Five, protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. Six, let all nations rule internally, resolving external disputes in a world court. Seven, avoid petty laws and useless officials. Eight, balance personal rights with social duties. Nine, prize truth, beauty, love, seeking harmony with the infinite. And number ten, be not a cancer on the earth, leave room for nature, leave room for nature. Oh. It says it twice. Oh. Yeah. So it's like, like, a, like they just said, like, we're going to rewrite, we're going to have our own ten commandments. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much what it seems like some of them are right. a little sketch i'm gonna be honest well this, yeah. i think it was the second whichever was the second one the one about reproductive rights yeah, yeah. all i could think of when you said that was handmaid's tale and i was just yeah. like oh, yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> so sketchy scary. yeah so those are based those are the 10 guidelines or whatever uh and there's a bunch of astronomical stuff that it also has to do with this monument, kind of like Stonehenge, how it, like, lines up with the stars or whatever. Uh, there's a lot that I didn't write down, because, you know, whatever. <laughs> but <laughs> stuff like, there's a hole drilled through it that if you look through it, it always points towards the North Star. And then something huh. about when the sun hits the thing, it, it means it's noon. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> sure. Also, the area that was chosen to build this monument was very close to what the uh, Cherokee Native American tribe called 
I'm gonna I don't want to butcher this but I'm gonna try to say it Al Yali Alohi which means the center of the world oh. I feel like I've heard that phrase before yeah the I don't I don't know maybe it's because it means the center of the I feel like it was in something yeah I don't know ignore me <laughs> Uh, okay. <laughs> and then another weird weird thing. So there's the tablet that's like near the structure that has kind of like the history and who built it and stuff. And there's an inscription on this claiming that a time capsule was placed under it on to be opened on, but there's no dates. So it says there's a time capsule, but it doesn't say when it should be opened. It doesn't say when it was there. So people don't know if there actually was anything buried there, or maybe there was a plan to, but no one ever did. It's just, like, very weird that they inscribed that, yeah. but never did anything with it. And, like, R.C. Christian was very meticulous, so mm-hmm. it's just weird that he never put anything there. Have we checked recently? Like, <laughs> you know, things have Should changed we go? a bit. <laughs> That's the thing, is know. They, they can't dig it up, really, without... Yeah. Messing with the the monument, the area. Which they right. you know. They maybe don't they're own gonna it. like add an inscription though. Like maybe they're gonna add the date. Maybe, but like this was what, what uh, forty years ago? Yeah. It's so weird. Yeah. Super weird. And there's like this there's a lot that could be said about the construction of the stones and the like mysterious R C Christian and his interactions with the like two guys who actually met him mm-hmm. but that's like the basic history so now let's talk about some sh- some theories shall we please say more <laughs> so first theory rc christian was not actually a part of a secret group i said that right that he said he was yeah he said he yeah. represented a secret group anyway the first theory is that he wasn't actually part of a secret group he was just like a very eccentric very rich man who was like huh, you know it'd be fun you know what would be funny is to build a monument and put weird rules on it and then not tell anyone what it meant. Oh. Uh, that's that's that theory. Um, Honestly, like, I mean, if like, I was a rich person, like, just inciting <laughs> chaos in that way specifically. Right? Like, <laughs> kind of well, fun. like, the rules aren't, like, totally crazy, though, is the thing. Like, there's some definitely questionable statements. But, like... yeah. It's yeah, not like, you know, there's nothing that's just like, I have no idea why this says that. That makes no sense, you know? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Nothing struck me as completely alien, like. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Foreign, Maybe he though. just had some very, like, strong beliefs and he was like, I need to share them with people. Just yeah, a strange way to do it and a lot of money. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. Just write a book, you know? Lots of people are doing that. Yeah. Well, he actually did write a book. Oh. I didn't say that, but when the monument was un- unveiled, he wrote, I think it was like 130 pages that was just like giving more details about these <laughs> 10 guidelines, mm-hmm. but it was still anonymous and yeah. Interesting. Uh, the second theory was that it was a prank, bro. Um, either, prank, either RC Christian. You got Christian, pranked. What? You, you got, got pranked. <laughs> suckers <laughs> spent a million dollars for you to <laughs> build this gotcha <laughs> so the this theory is that like maybe rc christian never actually existed and maybe someone else either in elberton or some like wealthy millionaire decided 
to make up this RC Christian and build this. Mm-hmm. Um, this one doesn't still doesn't make a ton of sense because if if it was someone from Elberton, I don't think there was anyone there who was rich enough to fund this. And if it was a millionaire, right. just like why, you know? <laughs> yeah, just doesn't really make sense. But now I'm going to talk about the really more interesting theories. So the third theory is that R.C. Christian was actually a member of the New World Order. Yep. And There it is. is. Yep. (laughs) And that this monument tells of some, not just of some, like, hypothetical future where a bunch of people might get wiped out by a natural event, but it's actually some sort of maybe warning or of some Hmm. planned man-made major extinction event that the new world order will carry out and then what the rules of the like totalitarian new world order will be after this event Hmm. great yeah (laughs) there's a few reasons for this the first is that christian said that he represented a secret society which obviously people are gonna be like illuminati new world order (laughs) but it's much more than that so i haven't actually done an episode on the whole new world order theory yet but i will at some point but anyway one of the main theories about the origins of the new world order society is that it was either inspired by nazi doctrines or maybe Mm -hmm. even established by like former nazi sympathizers and like rose said uh, eugenics, <laughs> like mm. the rule about reproduction, like mm-hmm. basically choose couples based on their genetic compatibility. It's very similar Gross. to the Nazi experience with eugenics. So there's that. Mm-hmm. Um, another element to this theory is the rule that says that countries should have their own governments, yes, but that there should be one world court that kind of makes all of the big decisions sounds a lot like there ought to be one all-powerful group that essentially has rulership Mm. over all of humanity which sounds a lot like what people think the goals of the new world order are or would be with one authoritarian Mm. power to like rule them all (laughs) (laughs) so finally let's talk about the denver airport again a hot second. You know what? It's oh, so no. weird. When you started talking about this, the only other conspiracy I could think of was the Denver yeah. airport. And I was going to say something and I was like, I'll just ignore it. I'll leave it. So I'm feeling name? odd. What's the, the name of the big the big horse? Lucifer. 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 I wonder how old Lucifer is doing. Uh, Probably still I'm creepy. I'm so creeped out by that airport. I still <laughs> so hate it. I hate it. So you remember there's if, if people haven't listened to the episode about the Denver airport, you can go back. I don't remember which number it was. Um, but yes. Anyway. Hey, when was that? <laughs> that was so long ago. A while ago. <laughs> yeah. I think it was when I first moved to Minnesota. Oh, wow. Mm. So. It was early in, on. It was probably around August, September, if you were keeping up. So, go back then. <laughs> But just to, like, summarize, there's a bunch of weird symbolism and stuff at the Denver airport that people think refers to the New World Order or the Illuminati. Uh, And then there's also a bunch of stuff that people think refer to, like, Masonic stuff, including, well, it doesn't even refer, it's like, there's literally a Masonic symbol on the dedication stone 
Uh, oh. Yeah. Um, and then people think Good. the Masons are connected to the New World Order. That's a theory. Uh, and then the the important part, though, is that there's also a time capsule buried at the Denver airport to be opened, I think it's in 2097. Right, 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 right. Yeah. I forgot about that. Oh. And I don't remember if I actually mentioned this theory when I did the Denver airport, but many conspiracy theorists think that the New World Order has actually planned some sort of apocalyptic event that will wipe out a majority of humanity so that they can oh, seize control over the others, like, you know, with, with these fun rules. <laughs> yes? I looked it up. It was episode 10, if you're curious about episode Lucifer. 10. Okay. Cool. <laughs> A while ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and that's why at the airport, like I mentioned in episode 10, there's a bunch of, <laughs> there's a theory that there's a bunch of, like, bunkers underneath the airport for these wealthy, influential pe- people in who are part of the New World Order organization. But they think that the whatever it is that will start this catastrophic event is actually buried in that time capsule in the Denver airport. Oh. They think maybe it's some sort of like disease or some sort of bioweapon or something that will be released when the time capsule is opened. And that's like a, apparently a very popular theory about the Denver airport and the New World Order. So of course, since there since there's supposedly a time capsule under the Georgia Guidestone, people also think that there might be another weapon buried under this monument. Great. 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 Love that. Yeah. Also, that covers two different sides of the country, kind of. Yeah. Colorado's more west. Yeah. And yeah, Georgia's in the east. Gross. Oh. <laughs> so essentially, this theory is just, like the tone of the ten rules make people think that maybe this isn't in, in case of emergency, follow these rules type of situation. But instead, more of a, like, when we inevitably wipe most of you out, this is how the world is going to be, by the way. Uh, yeah. So that's basically the end of that theory. Again, not not a ton of solid proof, but... Mm-hmm. That's not what we're wow. here for. Right. <laughs> I mean, no, not like at a all. lot of these... I feel like, like, the realist theories we wouldn't have a lot of proof for, you know, yeah. like... <laughs> They would, yeah. you know, I feel like they would cover it up too well. <laughs> also, like, if you're a skeptic, why are you listening to us? <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> like, why? Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, final theory, which is really interesting and something I'd never heard about, but it's the theory that the Guidestone was actually funded by a different se- secret society, which is called the Rosicrucians. Hmm. Have you guys heard of them? No. Rosicrucians. No. Me neither. So, the Rosicrucians are a supposed... They're not even supposed. They did exist. It's not certain that they exist now. But, supposedly, they're a secret society made up of sages and alchemists. Which was... Oh, shit. Yeah. Which oh, was created nice. by the alchemist Christian, Christian Rosencruz in late medieval <laughs> Germany. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> So one thing you might notice, do you remember our friend R.C. Christian who built this monument? <gasps> yeah. Oh. See, there's the realization. I saw oh the spark God. in both your eyes. I was like, this sounds familiar except for what? Yeah, I was like, I we're getting somewhere. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so wow. R.C. Christian sounds very similar to Christian Rosencruz. R.C. Rosencruz. 
you know. Mm-hmm. Also, in two anonymous manifestos that this group published in Germany in the late medieval times, the society actually did abbreviate their group as RC. So, oh, very interesting. interesting. The order is also interested in the quote universal reformation of mankind end quote and it has a strong Mm. emphasis on the relationship between humanity and nature and as you saw in the 10 guidelines there's an emphasis on protecting nature it said like don't be a cancer Mm -hmm. on the earth leave room for nature leave room for nature said it twice Mm -hmm. uh as well as like just the reformation of mankind or reformation whatever uh it's kind of you know it coincides with a lot of the rules uh and then they also have a connection to astrology which makes a lot of sense with the specific Mm -hmm. astrological positioning and stuff that rc wanted with the georgia guidestones and basically overall what's printed in the stones and what the society seems to hold as true and important are very similar and combined with the mysterious man rc christian's chosen pseudonym Many people think that the secret society is behind the Georgia Guidestones. And, but again, we don't really know their purpose. Some think that it was just a way to, like, subtly introduce Rosicrucian beliefs. Who knows? But Mm -hmm. there's also a lot of theories about it being some sort of portal. Uh, I don't have anything else about that. That's just a theory. (laughs) (laughs) Game theory. (laughs) I was thinking that too, Anna. (laughs) That's just a theory. A game theory. <laughs> and yeah, that's pretty much all I have. That's interesting. Wow. That, like, um, I've never ever heard of that ever. Yeah. No, me neither. Big. It's interesting rocks. that like, aside from the like rules that they literally set in stone, the <gasps> like, set other in two stone, things. Yeah. Sorry, that was. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Is that where the <laughs> phrase comes from? Because like the Ten Commandments were like <gasps> set in stone. Well, did you know that it's, like, my my Latin teacher in high school used to rant about this all the time, that, like, you wouldn't set anything in stone, you would carve it in stone. It's, like, a mistranslation. Because, like, you would set it in concrete, but you wouldn't carve it in stone. And I was always, like, I don't know what the big deal is, but he was very uptight about it. That's always, like, the, can I go to the bathroom? Well, can you? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, But it's interesting that, like, the two other, like, I don't know, the things that it, like, preserves are the location of the north star and like noon time or something with the sun so it's like celestial like that's yeah yeah (laughs) i don't know that's just really interesting like of all the things you could preserve from our knowledge like yeah it's very interesting weird it's yeah there's there's also so much more that i just i didn't have time to cover there's another Mm -hmm. theory that this was like a forewarning of the antichrist um cute oh but that seems like a lot of very paranoid religious mumbo jumbo to me so i skipped that theory well i mean a lot of what you were talking about too just i know i talk about american horror story too much (laughs) in this podcast i'm so sorry but like i recently rewatched apocalypse which is season eight and Mm. they have a whole thing with like eugenics and Mm. there's like the secret society and it ends up being the illuminati but it's like they planned this like mass like execution and they have the antichrist and but like all the all that stuff like reminded me of that season because it was like all packed in there oh yeah spooky it's so interesting yeah people 
scary. A lot of times I think people mm-hmm. do connect the Antichrist to the New World Order thing. It's yeah. like part of the theory sometimes. But. Ah, religion. Ha. Huh. Ha. Huh. Cool. Good times. Well. 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 That was an episode. <laughs> it yeah. Was, it sure was. Yeah. Lots, like of, lots of laughs and now I'm scared about the apocalypse. So thanks, <laughs> Anna. We went on a journey, I think. We did. We went on a journey. Yeah. We did. We sure did. Yeah. Do if you, you guys want to continue wait. going on that journey with us, <laughs> you can follow us on Instagram at Nightmare Girls Podcast, on Twitter at Nightmare Girls Pod without the A and Nightmare without the I and Girls, Facebook.com slash Nightmare Girls Podcast, or you can send us an email at the Nightmare Girls Podcast at gmail.com. Do you guys want to hear a weird story really quick? Sure. Yeah, I didn't realize that that's what you were saying before I did the show. No, 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 that's okay. Um, (laughs) I just remembered that while um, my brother was here visiting for Christmas, he reminded me, well, I don't remember how, but the the topic of kangaroos came up, and you might remember (laughs) when I covered phantom kangaroos many moons ago. (laughs) We talked about how, like, there are actual populations of kangaroos in places they shouldn't be, and he reminded me that we have a family story about kangaroos in places they shouldn't be. Oh, so apparently, like, one time, like, years and years and years ago, we were in the middle of, like, I think, I want to say, like, Oregon somewhere, and my mom insisted that she saw a kangaroo, like, just out in the wild, like, there should not have been a kangaroo. <laughs> and um, she was, like, apparently, she said it had, the like, the face of a dog, and um, but, like, looked like a kangaroo, and none, no one else saw it, only her. And like to this day, we still don't know what she actually saw. Your so so funny. Yeah, yeah, I had completely forgotten, and like I just needed to share the bit of kangaroo <laughs> history. <laughs> wow, I love my own that. family. <laughs> so uh, maybe maybe they are real. Maybe phantom maybe. kangaroos do exist. Maybe kangaroos. Hey, we also completely f- we'll like never know. missed that episode somehow. <laughs> He, like, is a bad brother. He did not listen to that episode, so I told him to go back and listen to it. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Brennan. Anyway. Meg, why don't you sing us out? (laughs) Oh, why did you do that? Um, What? I don't don't even know where to go with, like, I don't... Ready? Someone do the the tune thing, like, I'm a... So <laughs> that's all. That's all you're getting. Okay, good. We're goodbye. never ever doing a musical episode. <laughs> Don't ask. We need to, we need to end this. <laughs> Bye. 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 <laughs>